Good afternoon. How are y'all? You doing good? Good. Welcome to Noontime Prayer. And we just praise God. Thank you for being here and thank you guys for joining us online. Uh, this is uh, part six of our noonday prayer and it's been awesome. Have you enjoyed it? Have you gotten something out of it? I hope anybody that's been watching, you've been getting something out of it as well. Uh, we have talked about Thanksgiving and the importance of Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is huge. If you didn't listen to that one, go back and watch part one. Uh, then we talked about praise and the importance of praise. Every one of these is just important to our walk. It changes who we are and what we're doing. And so we talked about Thanksgiving and praise. Then we talked about why do we fast. Then we talked about how do we fast. We started going into the importance of have, putting on love and humility in our fast. That should be the reason why we start and we should maintain it as we go in. But then also one of the things that we went from there is, all right, that started us into consecration and holiness. And yesterday we talked about the importance of being consecrated. Did you get a lot out of that? Amen. And so today, consecration and holy, holiness, they're, they're basically, they're not the same, but they're, they're right on the same thing. And today we're talking about the holy and the profane. We're talking about being holy and not profane. And you're going to find out, uh, that there's some things that God really doesn't like. And there's also some things that he really does like. And we, did you know that it is easy to get on God's good side? Did you know that you can easily move to God's good? It's really simple and you can do it. Even no matter who you are, you can get on God's good side. And uh, because he loves you. And here's the thing we're going to talk about it is he's given you already the gift and the empowerment to get there. All it is is just accepting it and walking in it. And all of a sudden, what happens when you're walking in the grace of God? The blessings of God just overflow you. They just overtake you. Blessings, blessings, blessings. I, I remember when, when I, Nicole and I used to walk and it was like a trickle of blessing. Here, every now and then, something would come in. Every now and then, a blessing would come in. And then we said, you know what, Lord? We're living for you. And it was like blessing. Blessing came, and then blessing came, and then blessing came, and then blessing, 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 and then we were just overflowed with the blessing of God, and that's what happens when we move into consecration and holiness and start walking with Him. So before we start today, let's do what we've done each day. Let's enter in with thanksgiving and praise, moving into the presence of God with consecration and worship. And so Father, we just thank You. Thank You for this time. Thank You, Lord, for this day. We praise You. We worship You, Lord. We thank You for it. Glory to God. We praise You. We thank You. We celebrate you today, Lord. We celebrate you and we thank you. Glory to God, we praise you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we just praise you. No matter what we've been through, no matter what we messed up, Father, you are such a good God. You are a good God. You are forgiving. You are loving. Glory to God. We praise you. Thank you, Father, for giving us the ability to work with you and to move with you. We thank you, Lord. Father, we just, right now, we just set ourselves apart. Lord, we give ourselves holy, separated, sacred, consecrated, Lord. Let our lives be set apart 
And Father, we just thank you. We, we give this, we give our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you, according to your word, Lord. We give ourselves and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So you can go ahead and turn uh, to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. We're going to look at this in the Amplified. Uh, I want you to see it in the Amplified. Uh, so Hebrews 10, 10. But I want to go back just for a second about yesterday when we were talking about consecration. I made three points here. Number one from yesterday, consecration is taking action, taking action, all right, to choose God and his ways, his holiness, his godliness, godly ways, taking action to choose God and his ways versus the world and sin. In other words, it's stepping away from worldliness, stepping away from sin, but it's taking action. It is a purpose. Consecration is a purposed and intentional setting ourselves apart. It's a purposed and intentional setting ourselves apart. Okay? So we're not, we're not just sitting back waiting for God to zap us and consecrate us. We are purposed in it, right? You know, uh, it's kind of like this. Um, well, let me, let me, I'll give you an example in a second. Consecration is not an afterthought, but it is consistent and proactive choice and action. Not just choosing it, but taking action on that choice. So, I'll, I'll go over those again. Consecration is taking action to choose God and His ways versus choosing the world and sin. It is a purposed and intentional setting ourselves apart, setting of ourselves apart. It is not an afterthought, but it is consistent, proactive choice and action on that choice. Amen? So one of the things that you know, is important for us to look at and see is that this is, this is not waiting. A lot of times I think we really fall into this trap in the church more than we realize. We're sitting there waiting for God to do something instead of taking action on what he's already done, right? We're, we're waiting on him instead of taking action on what he's already done. He's already given us the empowerment and the ability to be holy and walk consecrated and be consecrated, be set apart, be different. And yet we're waiting on him to zap us with it instead of... Um, Instead of actually putting action in choice. So let me give you this example. If Nicole walks in and, and you know, the trash can at home is not really my, my responsibility, it's the girl's, but let's say it was mine, okay? If Nicole walks in and I'm sitting on the couch, I've had a long day, right? And uh, I've been busy, I've had a lot of stuff. I'm sitting on the couch, I'm, you know, just chilling, Right? I'm not doing something, I'm not working, but I'm just chilling. She walks in and the trash can's overflowing and it's my responsibility. What does she think about that? 
She's going, come on. You know, this is, this is not what I want y'all to, you to be doing, Brian. I want you to be doing some other stuff. I want you to be being proactive against it. Now, she can walk in and say, hey, will you get the trash? Well, if I get up right at that moment and go, oh, yeah, I'll get the trash. Well, well, that makes her happy. There's no friction. There's no nothing like that. But still, in her heart and in her mind, is she not going, why am I having to ask you to do this? Why am I asking? And so a lot of times we're sitting there waiting for God to tell us, you know, go fast and pray. Go separate yourself. Uh, no, for actually forgive this time. Like forgiving is a choice, you know, that, you know, sometimes it will and some, no, 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 no. He's told us to forgive, right? He's told us to walk out of sin and into godliness. He's told us to walk into that. So it's, how much more do I honor my wife if I walk in and I actually take note of my responsibilities and I say, all right, this is going to get done. And she doesn't have to ask me. Now, don't go ask Nicole how many times I do this right, okay? This is just an example. But anyway, one of the things is, you know, how many times do we do that with the Lord? He's told us to consecrate ourselves. He's told us to be holy. He's told us to sin not, right? He's told us to do these things. And yet we think, you know, it's like we're waiting on heaven to speak with an audible voice sometimes to actually do the things he's already told us to do. He's already told us to do, all right? So in consecration... I asked the question yesterday, is it something that we should wait to do or should we purpose ourselves and be intentional to go after him and do those things? Well, we should purpose ourselves. We should go after him. And here's the thing. We, how many things, think about something that you're purposed in life that has nothing to do really with God. You know, are you purposed to watch the new movie that comes out? You know, a lot of people are. Then don't don't tell me no in here, because the truth is, almost all of us are on something. There'll be some movie, and and so in here we want to act holy, and I want us to be holy. All right. So what's that thing? It might not be movies, but what is that thing? What's that TV show? What's that? What's that little thing that you just take for you, right? And so we will be purposed about that thing. We will go after that. Now, again, we can get better and better at this. You know, the Lord had to ask me some time ago. He said, what do you like to do? And I was like, I don't know, you know, because I had actually gone like gotten in a ditch where I was having no fun and no rest. And he had to correct me. So we can we can get better and push more of those things out of our life. So we're all on differing different levels in that. But generally, there's something that we will be purposed to do. We'll be purposed to do that for ourselves. Think about the purpose and intention that we will take for ourselves in that item. Right. Kind of get your own thing in your mind. Think about that and then think about how God said be holy to consecrate ourselves and how much we should be purposed to do that. Shouldn't we be, shouldn't that be a conscious thought? Not, not just something lingering, yes, this is who I am, but shouldn't it be a conscious thought 
that we purpose ourselves and we're intentional. And in other words, what this really challenged me yesterday was I wanted to wake up today and be like, today I'm going to be holy. I'm going to consecrate. I'm purposing myself to consecrate myself today and hate sin like we talked about yesterday. We're not hating the people that do sin, but we hate the sin because of the wages of death that reigns. It reigns in people's lives, including ourselves. So we want to make sure that we do that, right? So again, consecration is taking action, not just waiting all the time. It's taking action, purposed and intentional, not an afterthought, but consistent, proactive choice and action. So talking today about, we're talking about the holy and the profane. Again, this is another area that we need to be purposed and intentional, right? One of the questions I asked yesterday is, when's the last time you were purposed for a long period of time to be holy? Like it, it drove you. See, if we haven't gotten to the place where something we're thinking about it all day long, we're not purposed in it. We're not intentional. When I met Nicole and we were dating, I was purposed to see her and I thought about her all day long. I was purposed. That's the way we ought to be about the things of God. That's the way. But the truth is, we're not a lot of times. See, if we're giving ourselves as a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, we're purposed. I mean, we're purposed. We're thinking about it. And I, listen, I have to, I, my life has been like this, right? Now, if you, if you keep on going, what will happen is you'll flatten that line out and you'll just keep on rising all the time. That's what God wants. But at the beginning especially, man, there was some deep dips and some big mountains, big valleys, right? But then as we kept on going, that line flattened out some. And, but still today, even today, I have to take uh, effort to purpose myself because I can fall in one of those little valleys today and all of a sudden I'm not really thinking about God like I should, right? I have to take that purpose. So as we move into the holy and profane, I want you to remember, stay purpose, stay intentional. This is how you win. And listen, don't think, well, I've never been able to do it before. I won't. We talked about that yesterday. God has given you what you need by faith. Draw on him and you'll receive that. All right. So let's look at Hebrews 10 and verse 10. In the Amplified, it says this. And in accordance with this will of God, in accordance with this will of God. So what we're talking about is the will of God. We have been made holy. If you are born again, listen, you have been made holy. A lot of people are trying to get holy. You are holy. It doesn't mean you walk holy, but the real you is holy. The spirit man, you have been made holy. Remember the verse we read yesterday? We have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. How can we walk godly? Because through Christ you have been made holy. Let's read the rest of it. And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy. Isn't that good news? We're not waiting on being holy. We are consecrated and sanctified through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ, the anointing one. You have been made holy. You're holy right now. 
If you're born again, you're holy right now. And if you're not born again, you can be holy right now. You can, all you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you will be made righteous. You will be made holy and empowered to walk out those things that you've wanted to for so long. You're made holy. Do you understand that in an instant, in your mind and in your heart, you can switch from being that dirty, nasty uh, sinner, that your, your holiness you know, and your righteousness is as filthy rags, in an instant, in your mind and in your heart, by faith, because you've already received it, you can be made holy in the eyes of God. Wait a minute. And see, this has to do with identity. A lot of times, you know, if we're walking around, well, I'm a sinner. And I, I just, I sin. That's who I am. I'm so messed up, right? And what is that? That's condemnation. The word says there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How can he make those kind of statements? Because we've been made holy. But if we don't know that, then we're walking around all beat up and I'm a sinner. And then when you get into a situation, now you have a choice to choose Holiness or choose sin. If you identify with being a sinner, then what are you going to do? Well, I'm a sinner already. I might as well just keep on sinning. That's who I am. I can't choose holiness because I'm not holy. I'm not like God. This is why God has given us a new identity of holiness. Whereas when we understand that we were made righteous and we were made holy, then all of a sudden we get to that place and we have sin and holiness in front of us, sin or consecration. We say, oh, there's no choice. I'm holy. And because I'm holy, I do holy things. I don't do sin. That's not who I am. The identity has changed. And that being made holy empowers us to make the choice of holiness. Glory to God. I hope that's helping you. All right. But here's the thing. You may be holy, but we still must choose to walk holy. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Does that help you? Yeah, amen. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 through 19. I sent those notes to both of you. It says this, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, so listen to this. Prepare your minds for action. What have we been talking about ever since we started today? Action. Take action, right? Stop waiting. Prepare yourself for action. Keep sober in spirit. All right, so listen. Keep awake. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk on the thoughts of the world that you can't do anything about this. It's just who you are. Don't get drunk on the thoughts that this thing's just going to fall in your lap. Keep sober. Keep awake. Keep active. Keep active, right? This is what it's telling. It's saying don't just fall asleep. Be sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace. That's the favor and the empowerment. The favor and the empowerment. 
right? Keep your hopes not on what you can do, not on what you've done, not on where you've come from, but keep your hope on the favor and empowerment that God's given you as a believer to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So now what you're seeing is that as revelation comes to you, you will get more and more revelation of the grace of God and what you're empowered to do, what your identity is. And as that revelation comes in, so the, what he's saying is you need to get revelation of who you are and, and what you're doing. In order to apply this, this is why you're sitting here today. I applaud you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Watch it because you are sitting here getting and receiving revelation that will help you to walk a holy walk. And in that revelation, grace will be revealed. And he says, set your hope on that grace. I got an eyelash poking me. All right. So then it says, verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust, which were yours in ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Now, is this command from the Lord or not? Yeah, absolutely, this command. So how should we take this? You know, sir, yes, sir. I mean, that, it, it should be, we should be on it, right? We shouldn't be waiting around. He says, be holy yourselves and all your behavior. Don't put on the stuff that you used to do. You are a new person. You are empowered with a new strength and a new power and you can make new choices. You can make new choices. You're holy. You're righteous. You can make new choices. So you see, he's talking to people that are already holy, but yet he's telling them make good choices. It's taking action. That's where people miss it because they think that what's going to happen is they're going to say, Jesus, I accept you. And zap, everything just falls into place for the rest of their life like some kind of magic. There is a strength and there is a power and it's stronger than magic, but it doesn't work like that. What happens is, zap, you're made holy, and now you have the ability to make the right choices. But your choices are still going to be there. The temptations are still going to be there. Your mind needs to be renewed. Revelation needs to come. It's not just zap and everything works out. It's zap, I'm giving you the strength to do it. You know, how many teenagers uh, got upset with their parents in their latter teenage years and uh, all of a sudden, what were we getting mad at when we were teenagers in our latter years? They weren't giving us the power to make our choices, right? Well, here's the thing with God. Now we get mad at God because he doesn't do it himself. Hold up. Wait a minute, right? Wait just a second. We were mad as teenagers because our parents didn't give us choices and the ability to make our own. They didn't empower us. And now God has empowered us and we're mad at him because he doesn't take it back. Can you see the humor in it? But also see, oh wait, that's how this works? Yes. He, did. he said, look, you're a grown up. You're an adult in Christ. That, you don't have to be 18 to be a mature in Christ and be an adult. He's saying, I empowered you to do it. I empowered you to walk it out. So walk it out. Walk it out. I made you holy. Now walk it out. All right. 
And that's kind of cool. In other words, he's not sitting there. See, it's amazing what the devil has gotten and pinned on God. You know, that he's got everybody under his thumb. He doesn't at all. That's why he lets you. He lets you mess up or do good. He doesn't, you're not under his thumb like that. And he's not withholding any good thing. So if he's not withholding any good thing and you're not under his thumb, where is the rub? What's the missing piece? It's us in our hearts and in our minds, who we are and what we know that we are, the revelation that we have and what we choose to walk in. So all of a sudden when you start to realize that, it's like, oh, responsibility falls right here on my shoulders. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when you step up and you say, okay, I'll take responsibility, man, things just start working. You'd be, you'd be amazed at how awesome this system works when you work it the way that God laid it out. And he doesn't, he doesn't have you under his thumb. He's not forcing you to do it. It's all, it's by choice because you can only have love if you have a choice. And so he left it open for you to choose. Are you going to walk it out or not? Isn't this a beautiful plan? It's really a beautiful plan. And yet the devil has convinced people that God is just this wicked guy. And he's not. He's not at all. And we as Christians need to unconvict people of that and convict them of how awesome he is. Because it really is a great, great plan. All right. So he says, be like the Holy One. That's a great point. Thank you, Lord, for dropping that in there. But be like the Holy One who called you. Be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Verse 17. If you address, if you address the Father as the Father one, excuse me, if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. If you address him as one who impartially judges. In other words, then what you want to do, if he's the judge of our work here on the earth, good or bad, we want to make sure that we do it right. He says, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited by your forefathers. In other words, when you were imprisoned by sin and death, right? You weren't redeemed. As Christians, you were not pulled out of the fire by somebody paying a perishable thing like money, right? You weren't pulled out of the fire by a sacrifice of goat or lamb. You weren't pulled out of the fire by a worldly thing. No, no. Verse 19, but you were redeemed with precious blood. As of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. The blood, I'll say it like this because Christ is part of God, the blood of God. The blood of Christ, the blood of his son, the Messiah, the anointed one. His blood is what paid for us to be holy and to walk holy. So when we get to those choices, it's not, it shouldn't be a choice of what do I want to do or not. It should be a choice of, is my choice worthy of the blood? That'll change the way we make choices. How to live holy. 
Is my choice worthy of the blood of Christ? Man, is my choice worthy? I like that, Lord. Thank you. They just dropped that on me fresh. That's good. Think about that. So next time you get, see, we're supposed to have a mindset, right? Well, that means that our mind is set ahead of time. So what we're saying is, all right, let us get that in our head right now. When I step up to a choice, the next time I step up to a choice and every time thereafter, I need to think, all right, I'm programming my brain. I'm setting my mind. I need to think, choice, here's the choice in front of me. Is the choice I'm about to make worthy of the blood of Jesus? If it's not worthy of the blood of Jesus, whoo, I need to back up and rethink it. I need to pray in the Holy Ghost, right? All right. So even though we've been made holy and as Christians, you are holy, we still have to walk holy. We have to make those choices, right? Now, let's talk about the holy and the profane. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. While we're turning there, I just want to thank Miss Priscilla. She's helping us on video, and uh, it was new to her, uh, and uh, she's, she's able to be here, and it was new to her, and there's a bunch of details involved in all of that, and she's doing awesome. And so I just want to say thank you, Miss Priscilla, for helping us. Glory to God. All right. Ezekiel chapter 44 and verse 23, it says this. He's talking about the priest. Moreover, the priests, they, they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. So the priests have a responsibility to teach the difference between the holy and the profane. The holy and the profane. The priests have a responsibility to teach the difference between the holy and the profane. Right? Now, so that means the next question is, well, what does holy mean and what does profane mean? We, got, we need to define those things and it's important. But the priest has a responsibility to teach that. Otherwise... And, and listen, you're a priest as well. You have a responsibility to figure it out on your own. Even if I never say a word about it, you should be searching the scriptures and figuring out, right? What's holy, what's profane. And you should be looking in your life and say, what's holy and what's profane. Now, we, the word profanity comes from profane, right? Uh, holy comes, we talked about it yesterday, it means sacred, set apart, right? It, this is something that's like God. Okay, and so one of the thing is looking at holy and profane. The biblical definitions is this: holy is proper, whole, entire, or perfect in a moral sense, set apart, and consecrated. So we talked about consecration yesterday and a little bit today, but today in holy it is proper, whole. It's proper. Let's just look at that. Holy means things that are right to do. 
One thing that you can have that's holy is, let's say that in our society, you can have things that are holy and profane that are different in different societies based off of culture because of this word proper here. Some things are proper here that aren't proper other places and vice versa. It's proper. But here's the other thing. We need to make sure first, here's your first test. Is it proper with the Holy Ghost? Do I have peace on it? Is it right? Or am I, am I uh, overlooking? Am I not esteeming something in this? Uh, is it holy or is it profane? Right? The other, so the word is proper. Is this right? So, for example, you know, this, man, I can't get off of this. This has been coming up all week long. This is something that the Lord's been bringing up to me now. Wearing a hat inside of a church service. It might be proper outside the doors, but it's not really proper. It's not proper when you walk into a church service. Now, here's the thing. But you got some people that are brand new, never been born again before, never been in church that'll come in and they don't know that yet. Right? So a lot of times we want to like shove our, our holiness down their throat. And we have to watch that. But at the same time, every believer should be stepping up to become more and more holy or more and more proper. So we need to be asking the question, what do I need to do? You know, should, in other words, I can walk into a church service and when I first walk in and get born again, I may be in rags. Well, then, you know, what's going to happen? I get born again. All of a sudden, I'm not esteeming that service. I'm, I don't even know why I'm there, maybe. Right. Then all of a sudden I get born again. Well, as I grow with the Lord, then what happens is he's, he's going to start writing stuff on my heart. And I need to give my heart uh, the ability to start being uh, written on by him to move me from worldliness. Because another part of the definition is set apart. As soon as we become born again, we should start moving from that worldly place to a holy place where God is. Right. That means immediately there starts to be this, you know, we are already there in spirit, but we need to renew our mind and submit our flesh and get there. That means that constantly there should be changes until we start walking in that holiness of God and we're not convicted by anything when we're in his presence. And that's a big statement. We're not convicted by anything when we're in his presence. I'm not talking about if you're not convicted by anything because you're not even paying attention to them. A lot of people aren't convicted by stuff because they're not paying attention. But when we're in his presence and paying attention to him, we should not be convicted by anything. Right? That's moving to the place of holiness. Man, Lord, you are giving some good teaching here. Amen. I'm getting a lot out of this myself. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. So, and then one of the things that we want to do is we want to constantly give ourselves. And you're going to see why... Like even wearing a hat, it's not doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it is. We're going to we're looking at that today. He says proper, whole. That means nothing missing, nothing broken. There's nothing out of line. And then set apart. Listen, Christian, you're supposed to look different. No matter what the world or bad preaching has taught you, you're supposed to look different. You're supposed to be set apart. The signs will follow you. There will be things on your life that are markers, signposts, they're light, the glory of God that will set you apart. 
Holiness is one of those things. Oh, you don't do that? No, I don't do that, man. Sorry. What, what, are you one of those Christians? Yeah. Well, how, how did they know that you were a Christian? Because I don't do that. I'm holy. I'm set apart. I'm separated. It doesn't mean I'm not in the world in working in it and acting in it and, and living in it. But it does mean I'm not in worldliness, right? I'm not in sinful ways. I'm set apart because I've given myself to holiness. I made that choice. Is this worthy of the blood of lamb? So holiness is holy is proper, whole, entire or perfect in a moral sense, set apart and consecrated. Profane is exposed, common, ordinary, unholy, which would mean improper, unwholesome or unconsecrated, unset apart. And this it it's it's exposed it it's it's exposing the mess. Profane is ex profanity exposes the mess that's really in your life. Right? You tell me right as soon as you cuss, you tell me where your heart is. You tell me where your heart is. Because out of the heart the mouth speaks. It's exposing the mess. It's profane. Here, here's the other thing. It's this is the biggest word in here, I think. Profane means common. To profane God literally means to take the holy things of God and make them common. We, we can't do that. See, when that's the thing with the with the hat. When we just, when, when we don't, you know, we would take a hat off to honor somebody. We would take it all. Used to, you didn't walk in a building with your hat off, you know, with your hat on. You, you didn't do that. That was, now it's passed a little bit. Our society's changed. But that doesn't mean that we should drop it just because society's changed. We're supposed to be set apart. We should look different. We shouldn't look like the world. This is part of the reason I believe the Lord told me to put on a suit. You know, because before, uh, basically before we moved into this building, I wore like this a lot of times on Sunday morning. Very rarely did I wear a jacket. But the Lord said, it's time for you to be set apart. That's, that's words he almost spoke to me directly. It's time for you to be set apart. I said, Lord, okay, how do you want me to do that? He's like, I'm, I'm separating you. I'm, I'm, I'm setting you apart. I'm raising you up. It's time for you to be, you need to, you need to dress like it. You don't need to take my set apart and make it look common. You see? So all of a sudden, you know, we don't need to take the holy things and mix them. You're going to find this word today, a mixture. We don't need to mix holy set apart things with common things. In other words, when, when the world comes in here and they see the believers, we, no matter how they walk in, how they're dressed, we ought to love on them with everything we have. And over time, we can handhold them and lead them to being holy. But we're, we do not expect that when they walk in the door. They don't even know Jesus yet. But yet they ought to see that we are set apart. We're set apart. This is a place where, look, we bring honor. We bring esteem. God Almighty is going to meet us here today. The creator of the universe is going to meet us here today. This is not common. This is holy. And we're dressing like it. 
We don't have to dress like it just to experience God, but we're saying, Lord, we esteem you. We honor you. We're we're not making this common. This is, this is not just, I mean, it may be normal for our church. We, it may be God's normal. We see it every week, but this is, you are not common, Lord. See, when we bring common things into our Lord, we're making him common. We talked about it yesterday and talk about it again, um, you know, last night at men's group. How prideful is it to me if God's in a room for me to step in that room like I have a right to be there, bringing my sin, bringing my common things, bringing my profane. Wouldn't I, you know, just in our heart already, we know the difference. Wouldn't I, if I was going to meet uh, the president of the United States, right? If, if I was going to meet him, would I walk in like I just got up out of bed? Why? Why would I not do that? Why would, I, why would I not do that? Why would you not do that? That's the President of the United States. If for no other reason, he might be able to do something for you and you want to look like it, you could be worth sowing into, right? If for no other reason, that shouldn't be your main reason. But if for no other reason, it ought to be like that. I'm going in there to get something. I, he might like me. He might do something for me. That's, that's not the right beginning reason. That's not, that shouldn't be your first thought. But if there's no other thought, at least be that. Our thought ought to be, this is a man of power put into office by God, no matter which president it was. This is a man of power that's been anointed by God to be in that place, right? God might have let him over another person, you know, whatever. But he's there. And even if God didn't put him there, this is a man of power. I'm going to honor the office. That's integrity, right? We talked about that in the impact class and character. That means I'm not going to walk in there just like a common Joe. Hey, yo, what's up, Perez? What's going on? How you doing? I heard you doing some good things up here. I'm not going to talk to him like that. Yes, sir. No, sir. I'm going to honor him. I'm going to esteem him. Why? Because I'm not going to bring common to something that's on. I'm not going to bring a lower level to a higher level. What kind of pride is it for me to walk into, try to walk into the presence of God and not get rid of the common before I do? See, when I bring the profane into a holy place, I'm causing a mixture that God hates. And I'm expecting God to meet me there. It doesn't work like that. We need to meditate on that. Lord, what what am I bringing common into my fellowship with you? Not too long ago, I was praying over my food. And I was sitting there and, and I've really learned to um, just honor and esteem God. Every good and perfect gift I have, I mean from the smallest thing comes from him. And I really truly do honor him. But I noticed that my prayer over my meal, somewhere I had allowed it to become common. I had allowed it basically to become profane. I was sitting there praying over my meal and I, I really... 
here's what I was doing more than anything. I had not attached my heart. It's all right. I had not attached my heart to that prayer. I was just saying words. I was very thankful. I was very thankful for my meal. But I had not attached my heart of thankfulness to my words. I was saying words, but I, I hadn't. It, I had just made my words. I was just being common. I was being profane. And Lord really checked me on that. He said, you, you need to stop what you're doing. Sit there for a second. Think about that meal and how you could not have it if it wasn't for my, my goodness. And you need to attach your heart and your love and thankfulness to it. Here's an example of mixing the holy and the profane. Revelation 3, 15 and 16 says, I know your deeds that you are neither, neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. We've taken the holy and the profane, the heat of God and the cold. We've mixed it and we're lukewarm. He says, I'll spit you out of my mouth. God despises a mixture of holy and common, holy and profane. Listen to this, Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 26. Ezekiel chapter 22. This is, this is an amazing verse. Talking about the, the temple. Uh, her priest have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane, and they have not taught the difference between the clean and the unclean. And they hide their eyes from my Sabbaths, from my day of rest, and I am profaned among them. Ooh, that. I know when I read that verse, I was already honoring the Sabbath some, but man, it put a different level of holiness on the Sabbath for me. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. The Sabbath is holy. It is not to be mixed with profane, with common. And I want you to look, look at that first sentence. Her priests, they, this is how God defines it. By mixing the holy and the profane or not separating, not consecrating themselves to holiness, but allowing profane to be there, it says, you have done violence to my law. You have done violence to it. In other words, it, it's like you, you just got up and slapped something that God calls holy. You've taken God's thing and just, I don't care about that. That's what he's saying. You've done violence to it. it it's a, it's a uh, concentrated effort when you have allowed a profane thing to come into what should be holy. 
This is good teaching. Everybody in the church needs this. Mm, glory to God. Make sure right now, if you're watching this, share this. People need to hear this message, especially the body of Christ. You can put on their body of Christ. Listen up to this message. This is part of the reason why we're not walking in the presence of God and the power of God like we should, because we're allowing a mixture of the holy and the profane. Here, here we go. Mixing the holy and profane brings violence against the law of God. God says when you mix the holy and profane that he is profaned or he is made common amongst them in their midst. Do, oh my gracious. Do we wonder why the world looks at God as common and he's not even a solution. And even in the church, the last thing we go to after we've gone through paying it or uh, buying it or going to the doctor, the last thing we do is pray. You know, there's a joke that says we pray and, and somebody says, well, we can pray about it. And somebody goes, oh, my goodness, has it come to that that we need to pray? Because it truly has begotten to the place where God has become so common to us that we don't even see him as he truly is. Even in the church. And the reason is, he says, look, you, when you mix the holy and profane, you make him profane. You make him common in the eyes of people. You make him common. When we as the church mix it, we make him common. Can a mixture of the holy and profane ever please God? No, no, absolutely not. So if it's important to understand what's holy and you know, what is holy to God and what, what needs to be kept holy, isn't it good to look at what God calls holy? And also, isn't it good to look at uh, ourselves and say, I need to keep me holy? Because even when I walk in profane things and common things, then I become unholy and I then make, am I not made and you not made in the image of God? And then therefore the world's looking on us going, God looks common, God looks profane as he looks at believers. As the world looks at believers is how they'll look at God. And if we're not walking holy and separate and set apart, then God, the world's going to see God like that too. So let's look at a list here real quick of what is holy to God. This is not the full list, but it's a good list to start with. Now let's look at uh, Psalm 99.9. Psalm 99.9 says, exalt the Lord. Right there. If you're watching. Exalt the Lord our God and worship his holy hill for holy is the Lord our God. So the first thing is God is holy. Never meant to be mixed. Also Isaiah 5:16. In Isaiah 5:16, but the Lord of hosts will be exalted in judgment and the holy God will show himself holy in righteousness. God is holy. Uh, let's look at Acts 4:30. So the first thing, what is holy to God? You know, we said at first we are uh, but the very first thing is we're holy because God is holy. The Father is holy. The next thing, Acts 4.30, says this. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy 
servant, Jesus. Jesus, the Son, is holy. Uh, what's holy to God? The Father, the Son, Acts 1.5. says, for John baptized in water, but you will be baptized with the, and we overlook this, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. You remember the verse? Uh, so what is holy to God? The Father is, the Son is holy, the Holy Spirit is holy to God. The word says, do not grieve the Spirit. How, how do we grieve the Spirit? When we bring a profane thing into His presence. We mix the common with what's holy. See, and, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, you know, when you say, hey, this is God, God said this, you need to be very wise. You can say, look, I believe the Lord said this. But when you say this is God, you are mixing that. That's like blasphemy. It is not something to be played with. But a lot of times people are like God told this, God's saying this. You know, I, a lot of times I question that. You, you want to double check that. You'll hear me say on most occasions, I believe the Lord's telling me, I believe. Because I'm, what I'm saying is, I think the Lord's saying this, but I'm a man and I can miss it. But with everything that I have, I believe this is what he's saying. I'm allowing for me to miss it and it could be not God, right? Because I'm a man, I can miss it. I do miss it at times. You know, I'm not prophesying that, but I know that I still have a flesh that I'm dealing with just like you are. And so I'll say, I believe. But even when we just come in and we're moving and the Holy Spirit's moving and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're just thinking, think about this, being in the middle of service, all of a sudden, God is moving, the Holy Spirit's moving, and we're thinking about, you know, what we're going to, you know, when we're going to watch the football game. What are we doing? We are bringing a common thing into a holy atmosphere. These are things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, he's merciful and, and he's just and he's faithful. Praise God. Or else we never have any touch of him. But these are things that as we determine to walk holy and make a good choice and we purpose ourselves to cleanse ourselves from profane things, we will see more of the power of God. Amen. We will see more of his presence. Psalms 111 verse 9. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. His name is holy. Also, it says in Isaiah 57, 15, he says, For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. His name alone is holy. See, when I speak his name, I ought to speak it with reverence. It ought to come off my lips with a heart of love and a heart of holiness and lips of reverence, right? Isaiah 57, 15, which we were just in as well. Isaiah 57, 15, or excuse me, I'm sorry. Psalm 77, 13. Your way, O God, is holy. The word says his ways are holy. Like, for example, what, what if we said, well, all right, what if I told you earlier, God, you're not under God's thumb. He gives you the power to make the choices and he, gives, and he empowers you. And, he said, and you say, well, I don't like that. I just want God to fix it. Wait a minute. 
What he chose to do is his ways. His ways are holy. When you say, well, I just don't like that. He needs to do it another way. Or I wish he, I, you can, it doesn't even have to be he needs to do it. You can say, I wish he'd do it another way. Well, that's you thinking you know better than God and you're bringing a common way, trying to get a common way in to a holy way. That's mixing. And then you're expecting God to move. It doesn't work like that. Can you, can you see how we have missed a lot of what God has to offer by mixing these things? Now, the word says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. This is why it's important for priests to teach on what's common, what's profane, and what's holy, right? That's why we're talking about it today. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. We were here a second, uh, second, uh, second ago. I dwell on a high and holy place. That's heaven. Heaven is holy. A holy place, a separated place. Exodus 31, 14. Therefore you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. The Sabbath, every single one of us should have a day of complete giving to the Lord. No work, no, no, no work. And we're not under the law where we can't walk somewhere anymore, anything like that. The key is that our heart is completely given to him and we're treating it holy. I'm telling you, as we do that, will you put that verse back up there? See, watch this. For it is holy. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. Now, this is under the law. But look at what the Lord said. I mean, this was serious business under the law. Everyone who does it should be put to death. For whoever does any work, that person shall be cut off from among his people. In other words, we're not subject to that penalty anymore. But can you see that when we don't honor the Sabbath, we cut ourselves off from the blessings that God has for us when we profane it? It's serious business. It's serious. And people, well, we're under grace. We're under grace to be made holy, to, to take action, to consecrate ourselves and be empowered. Let me give you a great example of this right here. Um, when I had a period of time and we're running long, if anybody needs to go, I completely understand. Definitely come back and watch this. But we need to finish. This is such an important teaching. We're, we need to finish it and then we'll pray shortly. So here's the thing. I had a time where I was working and uh, I had a business and I just had more than I could handle. And so I had, I had for a while then, because I'd been taught uh, basically that it was okay, I was working on the Sabbath. I was doing everything that I needed to do and uh, that I needed to do in a world's mindset. And my health started going down. Boom, 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 boom. And it got to the place where I could only work four days a week. Uh, well, as it stands, I was working seven days a week at the beginning with. Then I could only work about six days. And then I could only work uh, about five days, four, three. And I was down to two or three days a week. And then I was done. Like I had no more energy. I couldn't think. My health was probably really bad. I think I was probably close to dying. I didn't go to the doctor, but I was like... I mean, I, something was seriously wrong, right? 
what had I done? One of the things that I had done, while I was taking on the care of it instead of casting it on Jesus was one thing. But the other thing that I'd done was I had profaned the Sabbath. I had been cut off from my provision, right? And the Lord challenged me with this question. He said, he said, when you work on the Sabbath, opposite of what my word says, you're saying that you can't get by in the way that I told you to get by. In other words, you're saying you know more than I do and your way is better. And I went, wow. He said, if you will by faith, even if you've got a ton of work, you know, he was merciful to me. He said, even if you have a ton of work, if you will by faith purpose yourself to rest on the Sabbath, I will handle the rest of your week. When I made that change, uh, everything started to change. Within a year's period of time, I was back up to full speed, completely recovered. It took a while, but immediately from that decision, everything changed. Why? Because I was receiving a supernatural rest, not just a physical rest. And I was saying, if it's there on the Sabbath, it's just going to have to wait. I'm going to honor God. And I was choosing to trust his word more than I trusted my effort. My effort is never going to be as strong as God is. And I said, okay. Now, different people, you know, and I'll, this is, you know, teaching on the, on the Sabbath. Like my Sabbath uh, is not Sunday for the most part. Generally, my Sabbath is Monday. Why? Because Sunday I'm working. That's my work day, right? Because that's what I do. It's a, it's a lot of work on the Sunday for me. Right. I'm up early. I'm preparing things. I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to people. That's that's. But I have my Sabbath is Monday. So different people may have. That's when I take it. Right. That's when I take. But I have one day. The word says you will take one day and you will give yourself to me. And so I make Monday my Sabbath. Right. So most people, that's going to be Sunday. That's when they're refreshed. That's when they feed on the things of God. They may come in and serve a little bit, but they're also fed on the things of God. But they should take the rest of that day and make it their Sabbath. Right. And so that's that's generally how it should work. We should we should keep it holy and not profane it. All right. Let's look at this. Uh, Leviticus twenty seven thirty. Thus, all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. The tithe, it is holy unto the Lord. This is why Miss Nancy and I were having a conversation about tithes and offerings yesterday. And I told you how important it is. It's because of this right here. Because we view the tithes and the offerings as holy unto the Lord. We don't play with them, right? All right. Then Romans seven twelve. So then the law is holy. Now see, we're redeemed out. You know, we got Jesus fulfilled all of the law and we're not living by the law. But I'm telling you, the law is still holy. It's still holy. It's still holy. Leviticus 19, 2. Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. So this is talking to about Israel and the Jewish people and also about believers. They are holy unto the Lord. They are holy. Matthew 27, 52 and 53. 
The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. Jerusalem is holy. Did you not see the backlash when our president said that Jerusalem will be the capital, basically? Did you see the backlash of the demonic against what is holy? What's he basically doing? He's saying, I'm not letting it be common anymore. That's what he was saying. I'm not letting Jerusalem be common anymore. It'll be where we put our embassy because that's the capital. Ooh, demon, demons didn't like that. Colossians 3.12. So as those have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, every believer, every person that's chosen by God, every believer is holy. Holy. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Verse 17. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy and that is what you are. Your body is holy. This list could go on. There's more things. But look at all these things. Have you found at least something in that list that you may have been profaning and didn't even realize it, right? So these are things that we don't, you know, this, this is why when my body is holy, when I was smoking, right, I was defiling that, right? I knew I was. I, could, I knew it. Nobody had to tell me. I knew I wasn't supposed to. It was right here. I knew it, right? I knew it. So here's some things. What are some ways that we can profane this when we bring commonplace into it, right? We need to think about that. Look at these lists of holy things and, and particularly ourselves. And look at the ways that we worship God. Are we bringing profane, common things in? Love takes what is important to God and makes it important to us. In other words, Lord, if it's holy to you, if it's holy to you, then it will be holy to me. If it's holy to you, it will be holy to me. And God says this in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, The Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly to esteem. What is despising? It's, not, it's making it common. It's profaning it. It's not esteeming it high enough. It's, it, there's, it's saying, it's bringing something that's low and trying to put it in the place of high. It's not esteeming God properly. He says, but if you will put me where I need to be, if you will keep me holy and keep my things holy, he says, I will honor you. So the question is, what happens when we keep the things of God holy? What happens when we keep his things holy? All of a sudden, we will see the goodness of God pour out in our lives. He said, I will honor you. I will honor you. God says, I will honor you. Not Pastor Brian. God says, I will honor you as you honor me, as you keep my stuff holy. So, Lord, we just, in these last couple of days, we seek to consecrate ourselves. That's why we're doing the fast. Lord, we're seeking to draw ourselves out of the commonplace and into your holy. We're seeking to step from the place of profane 
and step into your holy. Lord, we're seeking to step into your presence and stay in your presence and not pull our mess with us. Lord, we want to get closer to you. We want to get closer to you. We want to know you. We want you to do exploits on your behalf throughout the world, Lord. We want you to do great things because we consecrate ourselves. That you will do mighty things, Lord. We want to get to know you. And that happens as we get close to you. But we can't get close to you dragging the common, dragging the profane in with us. So, Lord, we step into your holiness. We step in, Lord. Father, we agree together right now. We pray, Lord, help us, empower us, strengthen us. Show us clearly when we're making a choice of profane or holy, of sin or godliness. Show us clearly and remind us of the question, is this worthy of the blood of the Lamb? Lord, and in that moment, by faith, we receive all strength through your grace to make that right choice and to walk it out and to live it, Lord. We thank you for it. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we are a holy people. It's not something we're waiting on, Lord. We have holiness now. Lord, now though, we choose to apply it and walk in it according to your word. And we will see your honor in our lives. We will see your holiness rush in. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we declare, we set apart and we separate. This place is a holy place. This place is a holy place this place it's a holy place thank you father thank you for your goodness and your mercy this church boomerang is a holy place in the name of jesus it's a holy place. Its people are a holy people set apart, walking in your goodness and your good ways. They are set apart, walking in your presence. Lord, let them draw on that holiness and be the light in this world. Lord, we agree in prayer right now. Lord, thank you. For making us holy. Thank you, Father, for making us holy. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we glorify you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. As we wrap up today, I just want you to know that as the Lord's told us every day to just receive an offering. If you're online, you can click the link right there and receive that offering. Uh, you can click and give there. If you're here, you can drop it in the basket after we're done. But on behalf of a holy tithe and a holy seed that you bring unto the Lord, we receive it as a holy thing. We don't mix common and profane thoughts or ideas with it. But as we wrap up, we just pray over it. We receive it as your heart giving. We're getting ready to do some great stuff and advance the kingdom uh, this month. You're welcome to sow into it. Lives will be born again. And so as we do that, Father, we just receive 
those offerings, those tithes and offerings, Lord, they are holy to you. In the name of Jesus, we receive them in a holy way of reception. And we recognize that it is part of their life and a part of their giving. And Lord, we recognize that it costs them. And Lord, we esteem that. We don't count it as common. We esteem it. May it be pressed down, shaken together, running over back into their lives. Multiply that seed sown in the name of Jesus. And may the harvest be multiplied in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. I love you. Thank y'all for joining us online. We love you. We're praying for you. You're welcome to join with us anytime, either online or being here in person. We love you. Have a great day. Be blessed. Bye-bye.